Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. I want to say that some people, you may have had a father, but the father was not present. Uh, He was there, but not there. You know, he could have been there physically, but not there emotionally. Some of us may have not had fathers, even physically. They were never there for us. And we'll hear from our panelists just how the journey sometimes also shapes the way we uh, relate with God the Father. And we need to trust God for healing, especially if you didn't have a father figure in your life. And we know that God will bring people along the way that will play the role of a father figure. And for some people may have had challenging relationships with their fathers. I'm one of those that even though my father was physically there, we had a very, very estranged relationship to the point that I'm grateful to the Lord that before he passed away, I looked at him in his eyes and I said, I forgive you. And I can tell you the freedom that came after I looked at him in the eyes and said, I forgive you. It is so, so freeing to be able to forgive our earthly fathers for sins they committed and sins they omitted, things they did not do. I want to read you a scripture that we are quite familiar with. Psalm 68, verse 4 to 6, the Bible says, Sing to God and sing in praise of His name. Extol Him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before Him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God is a father to the fatherless. So as we look at this topic of fathers, we have said that it's not to say that mothers are not important. You've heard from uh, the topics that have been covered. Every Sunday we mention that mothers are significant in the lives of children. But the reason we were focusing specifically on fathers is because we have heard that fatherlessness is the number one problem in the world today. A lot of the problems we are facing in the world today, if you were to trace the root cause of the problem, it's because of the lack of fathers in the lives of the children. I don't have to go into all the details, but let me just remind you that broadly speaking, up to 60% of our fathers have abdicated their responsibility towards their children. 60%. If you were wondering where do I get that stats, 67% of birth certificates in South Africa, they don't have the name of a father. 67%. That's a lot. That's a lot. Child-headed households, a study was done in 2006 that showed that 1.3 million children live in a child-headed home. Teenage pregnancy in South Africa. It's one of the highest rates of teenage pregnancy in the world. Nearly 25% of girls falling pregnant before they reach 20 years. Talking about gangs, particularly in the Western Cape, there's a growing number of children, young adults, who look for purpose and affirmation. 
and we are looking at about 50% of children who enter schooling system, but they don't complete. 50%, that's a lot. In 2016, nearly 49% of young people aged 15 to 35 were unemployed. That's a lot. All these problems, if you trace them, you will trace them to the fact that fathers were not there in the lives of the children. So I'm going to call our panelists now, Pastor Cheesy, Mark Shanek, and Andrea Chitske. Please come uh, to the front as we have this conversation together. Please give them a round of applause as they come. Please go ahead, take your seats, and uh, grab a microphone. Um, I'm so grateful that they said yes, uh, because the certain people that I asked, they said, no, I'm not ready. For good reasons, some, from, some of them for good reasons. I want to say, before I ask the panelists to introduce themselves, that uh, the number one role of a father is to point their children to the Father, Father God. That's the number one role of fathers. So let's start with you, Brother Cheesy. Please introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Good morning, family. Um, I'm married to Faith, and Faith is my only wife. Yeah, uh, uh, we've been married for 24 years, eight months, and uh, 16 days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and we're blessed with two wonderful children, uh, daughter Tama who's uh, 22, and our son, Salmon, who's 20. We live in the south of uh, Johannesburg. Uh, we, we love God, and, um, you know, work-wise, I run a fledging um, logistics business, which I started this year. So I do customs clearing and freight forwarding. Thank you. God bless you. My name is Andrea Zitzka. I am 27 years old. I'm married to Emil Zitzka. We've only been married for a year in April. <laughs> and how many days? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, I was raised by my mom, single mom and my sister. Uh, well, I have a sister. And uh, we stay in Northcliffe. And I'm an attorney by profession. Good, good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm married to Mercia. And we've, be, we've been married for a while. Um, <laughs> and I guess most people would know <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, got two daughters and two, two grandkids. And... Uh, that's where we've been spending a lot of our time with our grandkids. Um, so really enjoying this time as a grandparent. Um, I can highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I keep busy with grandkids and uh, try and find place for my golf as well. Um, and I think my wife, my wife uh, is uh, the one that makes sure that I, I stay on the right path. So I'm so grateful for her and her encouragement and her support. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give Mark. Thank you. So uh, the first question I'm going to ask is um, 
as a bit of a recap to the summer series we just uh, concluded, um, I'm going to ask the panelists here, what are some of the things that spoke to you the most uh, during the series? Let's start with you, Andrea. Anything that spoke to you the most in the series? Um, so I must say the, the, the main thing that stood out was the intergenerational impact of fathers. Um, when, when Pastor David preached the first time, it was, it was the impact of Adam's absence um, and how that impacted his kids and you know the, the generations to come from them. Um, and then last week with Pastor Shola, it was how just one, one decision that Lot made, how it impacted him, his daughters, and you know the two tribes that came from you as well. So I'd have to say the intergenerational impact of fathers. Awesome. Just to double click on that, I don't know if most of you noticed that Lot, uh, his father died when he was still very young. So you can see the impact of not having a father as well to the decisions that he made later. So it's just something to keep in mind and trust in God that um, he will bring some father models along the way, like Abraham, who played a significant role. Maybe you can just touch on that, Andrea. Has there been any role models or father figures in your life? Uh, yes. No, there has been. Um, I must say in every season of my life when I, when I needed a, a father figure, um, different many in my life, sort of rose to the challenge. Um, when I was in high school, it was my godfather. Uh, he's passed away now, but um, when I was in varsity, it was our um, connect leader at the time. Uh, he's still in our lives now. And, and even yet, church, I must say, Mark, uh, whether he knows it or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I must say, I, I regard him as, as a father figure. How profound is that in the house of the Lord? I'm glad you mentioned a connect group leader. A connect group leader can actually play the role of a father. Thank you for sharing that. Great. Mark? Yeah, I mean, the thing that stood out for me was fathers are providers. And, you know, the first thought that comes to mind is money. But no, it's not. Fathers provide. Our, they give us a sense of self-worth, self-esteem. They're the ones that really give us our identity. And I think it, it kind of was something that I saw connected in the series is identity. And, and it reminded me again about this thing about God's promise to Abram. You shall be a father of many nations. And it just, I was just struck by the fact that I, I mean, think about it, right? Where do we get our surnames from? from our fathers, right? So it's a really important thing to understand that we as fathers provide identity. And then I guess for me, sorry, Pastor I the other ones that stood out for me was also understanding, um, and I think it was covered by past, uh, Pastor Quinton, you know, we need to look to the father as our example. You know, we are flawed individuals, flawed people, and we've got this perfect example to point us to what we should be doing as fathers. And then finally, I guess the three things that stood out for me around the five characteristics that uh, Pastor David spoke about was always being present, you know, always being there, 
slow to anger. My wife sometimes says to me, Mark, I think you've got anger issues. And then I'm going, okay, why is that? Because I can lose my cool when I'm driving and some guy cuts up in front of me like, oh. And my wife says, deep breaths, deep breaths, <laughs> slow to anger. Um, and I think also, you know, is, is making sure that we are promise keepers. That also stood out for me. Thank you. Awesome. You remember the Bible says, he who promised is faithful. God the Father, he's not like the earthly fathers who make promises and don't keep their promises. He keeps his promises. And as you were talking, I'm reminded from uh, Pastor Lereko's sermon, there was something peculiar there about how fathers provide covering, provide teaching, training, and partnership. I think that aspect of partnership, we don't want to raise children to just uh, follow us but we want them to become independent, to be able to stand and uh, fight together with us. Uh, on a lighter note, um, m- my wife said this once, and I said, please don't ever say this again. She said, can you see that you're becoming like your father? <laughs> it's because I've got this habit of keeping things in the garage, you know, so once a year I have to clear the garage. But whether we like it or not, some of the things that we emulate is because we are following our earthly fathers, and we are becoming like that, and they need to point us to the Father, to God the Father. Great. Brother Cheesing. Thank you. Uh, for me, the one um, highlight that I gleaned from the series, um, when Pastor Releko was preaching, you know, the father of the prodigal son, you know, looking out for his son, um, the Bible does not tell us how many months it had been or how many years it had been. But uh, the father was consumed by this one thing, that when will my son come back? When will my son come around? And I just want to say as a father as well, you know, the one thing that consumes you as a father is the well-being of your children. You know, when I was in hospital and... Uh, First child was born, you know, after more than 12 hours of being there, you know, having all scratches and bruises on my body. And, 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 you know, our daughter arrived at 90 minutes past seven in the morning. You know, when I looked at this little human being, my life was altered, transformed forever. You know, I looked at this tiny little human being and it hit me that this life is in my hands, that the future of this child is in my hands. Up until that point, I used to be a heavy sleeper. After our first child was born, I would always have broken uh, episodes of sleep and go and check if she's okay. And the same when our son arrived, I would always go and check in the baby court if he's fine. And I just want to say this morning that you know, that story of the uh, father of the prodigal son looking out for his um, son, it's something that resonates with me as a father, that I'm always looking out for my children. And there is actually nothing of worth in this life besides to be able to say at the end of my life that, you know, Tama and Salmon are okay, and that the world will be a better place because of the son and daughter that I have left behind. If I can actually attain that, you know, I would sleep better at the end of my life.
Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. I, if you remember Pastor Shola's sermon last week about fatherhood is about obedience to the call. And when you listen to Brother Jesus speaking now, you can tell he's taking that seriously. And I pray that fathers will be like that. Take that seriously. Because as I was mentioning about my dad, our children are looking up to us. They are wanting to see the model of the father, father God through us. And we need to do our best to model father heart of God to our children. So as we go to the next uh, question, I want to just make it a little bit more personal now. Uh, because the sermon series we've been hearing, we've been hearing about the word. But to make it a little bit practical for us, you know. I'm going to start with you, Mark. Can you describe for us your relationship with your biological father and maybe any other man that may have played that father figure role in your life? Yeah, when I, th- when I think of my father, I have very fond memories. And I, and I guess was insulated from things where other kids didn't perhaps have fathers um, there to, to watch over them, to encourage them. I mean... I reflect uh, on on my childhood, and I think of, you know, my father didn't leave me an inheritance of lots of money, right? And I'm sure there's many who would uh, kind of testify to the same thing. But he left me with, I think, something that was very enduring. Um, my father was always there for me, right? Um, I used to be crazy about soccer. We used to play soccer leagues on Saturday. My father was at every soccer match uh, to come and watch me play and to encourage me. Um, when I think about my latter career and, and development, my father was there. You know, I remember the time I'd started studying, and then I saw my friends uh, kind of having money <laughs> and having cars, and I'm going to my father and saying, listen, I think maybe I need to study part-time. Because, you know, maybe then I can do stuff. And my father said, listen, your time will come. In fact, you will kind of spring up above the curve. And I'm so glad I, I took his advice because it really did turn out to be that. And, and he left a couple of other things that he lived by, you know. I, I always remember one of my father's favorite sayings was, do unto others as you'd like them to do unto you. Because very often going, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so did this and that. And my father just go, just do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. So I was, I was blessed to have a father that was there, who was present. Who I mean, even when I got married, I would have a conversation with my father every day. How's it going? What's up? Um, and, and so, you know, I guess... If I had to sit back and say, well, what do I remember is I'm, I'm glad that I have no regrets. And I have no regrets in terms of saying I should have spent more time with my dad. I should have told him how much I appreciate him. I was able to do that while he was alive. So I'm thankful for that. Amen. We're grateful to God for that. Amen. I hope you didn't hear perfection. What Mark was speaking about is not perfection. It's not that his father was perfect. His father did his best to be there for him. And I think one of the things that I've had to wrestle with is uh, um, by having children, by being a father, it doesn't mean that I have to be perfect. I can tell you so many times I've had to say sorry to my children. And uh, in our Connect group, while we're reflecting on this sermon series, we were talking uh, with the brothers, and I think Mike Hinton is here today. Uh, He asked 
all of us on the, in the Connect group, can any of you remember your father saying, I'm sorry to you? No one. No one. No one. Actually, it was like an emotional moment for us in the Connect group to actually remember that, you know, our fathers did their best, but also they were not perfect. So on that note, Andrea, can you tell us a little bit to the extent that you're able to share? Okay. Um, I want to be honest, but I, I also don't want to dishonor my dad. I'm very glad they don't record the 830 service for this reason. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, okay. Uh, so in summary, my, um, my, my dad was unfaithful. So my mom and dad uh, divorced when I was two. My sister was one. Um, so uh, when we still stayed in the Western Cape, I don't know if I mentioned that I'm from there, but anyway, um, we'd see him every second weekend, you know, we'd see him every second holiday and we'd alternate um, like that. But when we moved to um, Gauteng in 2007, I was 12, um, it became, you know, two holidays a year and then it became one holiday a year and, you know, then it would go from, you know, sometimes a year, two years not seeing him. And, you know, then a lot of things happened with him and, you know, I won't get into detail, but, but he's exactly like Adam in the sense that he felt ashamed of the things that he did and then he just retreated. Um, uh, and, you know, he wouldn't, like, because he couldn't be there physically, um, my expectation, especially growing up um, when I was a teenager, rebellious teenager. Um, I wanted him to be there emotionally, you know, I wanted him to be there financially. Um, and he wasn't there in any of those ways. Um, not spiritually either, you know, uh, being a spiritual leader. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, I was, I felt abandoned, I felt angry, very angry for a very long time. Um, and I, I really was unforgiving towards him for a long time. Um, but recently, uh, you know, selfishly, because I still want to have some kind of relationship with him, I've forgiven him. I have, um, with the help of God, um, let go of all of the hurt, all of the pain. Um, uh, and because of that, I'm still able to pursue a relationship with him now. So we, we have a relationship. It's a very shallow one. <laughs> um, and he still retreats even now, so I call him. You know, I have a reminder on my phone to call him once a week. <laughs> and we speak for, you know, two minutes, and then he wants to end the call. But I, like, just, you know, I, <laughs> I just, I, I, like, push him. I make him uncomfortable just to pursue a relationship with him. Well done. I think we need to give Andrea a round of applause there. I think some people here may identify with what uh, Andrea has experienced, and uh, it takes time to get to the point where you can forgive and be like Andrea to the point where you can reach out. We were talking to a lady in the 1045 service who just said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to face my dad. But I want us to just pray together today and trust God to bring the healing to get to the point where Andrea is at. So maybe you're here today 
at the end of the service, the ministry team will be here to pray with you to just start the journey uh, of, of healing because it's for your own healing as well. It's not just for his healing. Awesome. Brother Cheesy. Thank you. Uh, for me, I've got very um, a, a brief recollection of uh, the times that I spent with my father because my father passed away when I was um, eight years old. Um, that was on the 14th of Jan, 1977. Um, and, but I still remember that he, he was quite involved with us. He was a hard-working father. And, uh, you know, growing up in the 70s in Zimbabwe, you know, most uh, black people were disempowered. And you'd find that most fathers back then, um, besides a home, the one asset they would have was a bicycle, you know, for most Africans. And uh, given my father's hard work, you know, right in the 70s, he owned two vehicles. You know, um, a Chevrolet um, and uh, a Ford Abaki, you know, and, and then I remember you would put me on his shoulders as a little boy, you know, and watching football um, matches, you know, in the community. And also uh, Fridays, a number of Fridays would go to a drive-in cinema and they would watch, uh, and it was good movies then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, so that's the, and uh, while I'm at it, uh, Pastor Sai, I think I need to hasten to mention that, um, you know, I thank God for the wonderful mother that I have. She's 88 now. Um, through the adversity, uh, she did everything with an outstanding level of fortitude. You know, was present and instilled discipline in us. She, she raised six boys and two girls. And uh, none of those ended up being guests of the state in any way. Responsible adults. And, and uh, you know, I really thank God for, for my mother and She's really a hero in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God for Jesus' mom yeah. raising eight children. In case it's lost in translation, guests of the state <laughs> means uh, those who visit the prison yeah. from time to time. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I'm sure you can also tell if you have not observed how we relate to our earthly father's influences, how we relate to our father in heaven so um even though we won't go to the next question for the sake of time we want to leave some time for uh ministry as the way we've related with our earthly fathers influences how we look at god the father and we need to separate that that's why i started by saying god keeps his promises you know our earthly fathers may have made promises that they did not keep but god is a faithful father he keeps his promises. So uh, as we begin to wrap up here, in the light of what has been shared, I'll start with you, Brother Cheesing. In the light of what has been shared, you know, what are some of the things that you think fathers can do to play a significant role in the lives of the children? Yeah, I think um, above all else, just to be present, uh, to be accessible, uh, to be genuine and real. 
you know, to come across as a, as a human being to your children, not as some, um, uh, a person that's um, perfect and flawless. You know, like uh, my, my children have seen me cry, they've seen me laugh, and there have been times when I've been uh, through very difficult seasons. And I remember one morning um, when I was in that difficult space, my daughter came and gave me a hug and uh, said, Dad, it's going to be all right. You know, so even as I speak of that now, you know, I'm getting to be a bit emotional, you know, because of the impact of that. And I just want to say, so as fathers, just to be real, to be present, and to be a real person, a human being. And don't cry in private, cry before your children. And they know that you are actually a normal person. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that there are men who are in touch with their emotions. <laughs> Good. Um, for me, you know, and this is actually quite embarrassing to say now, but it was only on Wednesday in Connect when, when Stuart said to us something that his father um, taught him is, you know, he can't because he can't be the perfect father. His role is to point, point yes, his kids to the father, you know. And and for all of us, it's just like, you know, such a, <laughs> such a you know huge like insight. Um, and and you've said it now so many times, you know, this morning. And it's and it's the truth. I mean, because you can't be perfect because you you don't know. Uh, all the time what your kids need when they need it, uh, you know, and you have your flaws and so on. But but if you just do that, you know, um, because when you can't be present, they know that they can access the father who's there all the time, you know. When you, when you can't provide them with whatever, they know that they can go to the provider, you know. Um, so, so for me, it would, it would definitely be that, um, because at the end of the day, it also takes a lot of pressure off of earthly fathers. You know, you don't have to be perfect because, because the father's perfect. perfect father. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you. Mark? Yeah, I think... Yeah, we can give a round of applause. We have a perfect father up in heaven. Amen. Yeah, I think fathers... And, and I, I want to echo what Pastor Chesley says. Fathers have to be role models, Right. But it's not a play, it's not a game, it's not theater, it's, you know, <laughs> the Bible says that God blessed us with kids because there are many people who would love kids and don't have them, right? And so we, we just need to remember what we want to leave as legacy. Um, because as you said, Pastor Sai, we set the example, we set the tone. Um, so for me, it's really inculcating those values. I mean... In, especially in this kind of environment where gender-based violence is so prevalent, we as fathers have to stand up and show that that's not the kind of behavior that's acceptable for our daughters, for our wives, and for everyone else's daughters and wives. So I think it's, it's, we need to kind of almost be the Joshuas. We have to be strong and courageous and stand up and say, that's wrong. And, and be unequivocal in the kind of values and, and the culture we create in our environment, you know. And, and 
Like the Bible says, we mustn't just be hearers of the word, we must be doers. My, the, in our community when I grew up, the favorite thing was, don't do what I do, do what I say. And, and it, never, it never worked. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and so we need to lead by example because our, our kids and the people around us look at what we do, not what we say. So I think we need to really make sure and let us recognize, as we said, that we are not perfect. But what God's equipped us with and what he's given, with us, given us, let us be obedient, let us be deliberate, let us be diligent in exercising that stewardship um, in a way that uh, honors God. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a big round of praise. The perfect father. Um, before we go to our last question, I just want to remind us that when we started the sermon series, Pastor Quinton had a few daddy jokes uh, we had a whole a competition with young people and the fathers, and uh, we had a complaint that, you know what, that whole thing was rigged. So next year, Father's Day, we need a replay with auditors in the house. We definitely need a replay. I wasn't here, so I want to be uh, a part of the competition. This leads us to the next question, by the way. Um, should fathers be a friend to their children or just be the parent? I know that question can be a little bit uh, controversial. So uh, when, when, when we play games with my kids at home, uh, I wear a different hat completely. It, the, when the competitive side of me comes up, you know, we get to the point where there are some people in my family, I won't mention names, they cry when they lose. <laughs> so we get to that moment where we become so competitive. So should fathers, I'm gonna ask our panelists, should fathers be just parents, parent your children, or be friends to your children as well? Mark, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think, what are we looking for when we say, they, are they supposed to be friends, right? And, and for me, the thing that struck me is, when we look at the relationship God and our Lord and Savior has, He doesn't go, okay, today you call me friend, yes. right? We need to respect that relationship, because otherwise there's the risk that some familiarity breed uh, comes in. You know, we, we're friends. Because now what do I, what do I use as that uh, kind of example? My friends and how I behave with my friends? I can't expect to behave in the same way to my father as I behave with my friends. And I think people have this, I guess, uh, illusion that if I want to build trust, if I want to build intimacy, if I want to build relatability or a, a kind of transparency, we need to be friends. No, no, no. <laughs> we have trust. We have faith that comes from our relationship with God the Father. So I think we need to just be very mindful of what it is when we say, should we be friends? What is it that you believe is missing? Because I believe God the Father is the perfect example. He's saying, I can do it. You don't have to call me friend. I don't have to behave like a friend because there's stuff where I lay down the law. And I'm not going to change it. Friends may go, um, yeah, okay, Mark, let's think about it. Maybe um, I'm emotionally conflicted. Parents are clear on their mandate. And I think we must just avoid not kind of conflating that and, and confusing friendship versus fatherhood. Because God's called you to be a father. You... You will be a father until the day you die. And it's important that you honor that and that you, you, you can still be close friends. I said, I, my father wasn't my friend, but I could speak to him about many things, about uh, initial issues I had with my marriage, etc. 
but it didn't make him my friend. I, I should have said at the beginning, for this question, we can let our panelists to agree to disagree. So you can, you can disagree. Feel free to disagree. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that, Boss Desai. <laughs> I also don't want to dishonor my father figure, but I do have a slightly different take. Um, so, so um, you know, uh, in, in, in Genesis... Uh, there's that verse, I can't remember it now, but, but it says, um, uh, because Abraham believed God, he was called a friend of God, you know, and, and then there's that another verse, uh, it says, uh, there's no greater love than this, than to lay down your life for one's friend. So I would say, um, yes, uh, you should be able to be a friend with your dad, or your, your dad should be able to be a friend to you, but it's context-specific. So, um, uh, when you are like a, a five-year-old and you want to touch the stove or whatever, you know, you need to be like, no, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. Uh, you know, you don't have to, um, like, debate with them. It doesn't have to be a, a democracy. But, but when they are older, when they are a teenager, um, and there's something that they've maybe done or said that they're ashamed of, you want to, uh, you know, who's the first person that you tell about those things? Usually, it's your friend. Um, so, if you have that relationship with your kids, where they know that, you know, they can come to me like they would to their other friends and confide in me, and it's not going to be this like, I don't know, it's it's, it's going to be a terrible experience. But because there's a safe space, uh, you know, you can share with your dad like you would with a friend. Um, yeah. That's good. Thank you so much. Cheesy. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, my, my answer would be a no, Pastor Sai, and I'll qualify that. You can see the generational differences, yeah. right? <laughs> I was expecting that to happen. Andrea, that's why you're here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm you know. on your side, Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see. Yes. Um, you see, the um, institution of uh, the family is the very first institution that God created. Um, after creating man, the next uh, thing God created was the family unit, you know, to perpetuate decent loving humanity. And that institution is so key uh, to the continued existence of humanity. And um, what I would say is that parents should have cordial relations with their children. And that does not necessarily mean we are buddies or homies or friends. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, we, but a friendly relationship subsists between us. You know, so the children trust me, they honor me, and I provide a covering, and I would die for them. Yeah. You know, when we look at scripture, Abraham was called the friend of God thrives. You know, in uh, Genesis 18, Isaiah 41, 8, and in James 2, um, you know, you called a friend. Yeah, a, a friend of God. But uh, the thing is, look at how Abraham related with God. Reverence. Reverence. Worship. Wherever he went, he built an altar and worshipped God. So, so I think it falls to children that they should honor their fathers and mothers as God commands. 
And so it's a relationship that should really be treated, uh, treated with uh, profound respect and honor and it cannot be depreciated to the point of being buddies or friends. All right, good. We can give him a round of applause. Uh, I know that all of you, you probably have your own take on this. Um, and uh, thank you for quoting scripture. Andrea also quoted scripture. Uh, John 15 says, I call you my friends, you know. Uh, but I think the profoundness of this is uh, as parents, we relate with our children to the extent that they can feel the safety, that's the word that Andrea used, that they can be themselves. What I've seen sometimes is uh, particularly fathers, they get to kind of like parent from here and not from here, coming to the level of where the children are. So I do believe that the reverence is important. At the same time, we need to be able to come to the level. I think we're not saying be the body because that's where I think it, it gets out of hand. I wanted to borrow from a situation that happened in the U.S. Uh, Reverend is here. He can uh, attest to that. Uh, you know, you, go, you move between the extremes. You can become this parent that is authoritarian or you can become this parent that is such a friend that there is no respect, there's no honor. So uh, Thanksgiving last year in America, uh, one of the kids was so unhappy with the parents that they actually took the, uh, the whole table with food on it before they had their Thanksgiving dinner and tossed it over because the parents had taken their Xbox. The parents had just taken the Xbox and then he was so angry at them, you're hypocrites. Now, I thought to myself, that will not happen to a black family in the townships in South Africa. My mother, my mother will not allow that to happen. She would have taken her shoe and sought you out. All I'm saying, I want us to keep the tension. Let's not move to this extreme where, you know, you are an authoritarian parent or you are so friendly that there's no line of, this is a parent, this is my parent, you know, uh, to the extent that now kids can do crazy things where there's no honor and respect. As we close, uh, can we give a round of applause to our panelists one more time? I really, I'm so appreciative of how they shared vulnerably because uh, we wanted to make it as practical as possible that we can relate. And how we're going to end the service, we're going to end it differently today. Uh, on, on that side here, we're going to have connect group leaders who lead mixed groups and who lead men's groups so that you can connect to a connect group if you're not in a connect group. On this side, from the middle here, on this side, if you need ministry or if you want to speak to any of the panelists, uh, maybe you uh, relate to something that they shared, we're going to have a time of ministry so we can pray with you and trust God for healing for you. Uh, I want to just provoke you with this. Uh, Pastor Shola touched on it last week. It is easy to hop into a bed with someone and make a child. But to be a great father, it takes obedience, it takes courage, it takes bravery, it takes self-sacrifice and wisdom. And I, I want to challenge the fathers that are here. If you are not in a connect group, find other men to lead with you, to be with you, to serve with you, to uh, hold you accountable. As the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. So that's why we're going to have the connect group leaders this side, so we can connect you into a connect group. Also, um, 
I want to challenge us to be like the Father, to point people to the Father, God the Father. Shall we all stand? As we do the benediction, uh, people will be coming for ministry, so no need to rush this morning. I encourage you, no rush. Uh, we have our events team and youth uh, brying out there, raising funds for the Go Conference. Please, let's linger around this Community Sunday. Let's linger around a little bit more. But as I do this benediction, I really believe that this is a blessing of the Father to all of us this morning. So let's stretch our hands as a sign of receiving from the Father. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace both now and forevermore. Father, I pray, Lord God, for this moment. Lord, we know that this topic is uh, one of those sensitive topics that a number of us are on a journey. Some still need to come to that place of being able to forgive their earthly fathers. Some are even wrestling to have a relationship with you, Father God, because of how the earthly fathers have been to them. Father, I pray this morning that you will do a deep work in our hearts. Do a deep work in our hearts, Lord God. Bring healing, bring, del bring deliverance, and bring us to a place of health, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God, the Father, a big round of applause. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We praise you. Amen.